Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week, we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas, and at least one good story. Episode 45, A Matter of Circumstance. Egypt, where Silas started to wonder. The mere exercise of attention, eyes wide, ears pricked, heart open, is not a bad way to move through the world. Mary Carr. So can you describe what you look like? What I look like? <laughs> uh, about five, ten and a half, 170 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Typically have short beard, brown eyes, brown hair, uh, medium build, broad shoulders. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so you're looking for. Yeah. I just want to help the listener picture, you know, who they're they're listening to. So, <laughs> and I I just love asking people that question because it's so See hard. What say. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm like turned into a cop or something. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> where, are you, where are you from, by the way? I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas in uh, 93, and we lived there for, um, let's see, eight years, and um, my mom got a job with uh, Walmart's corporate office. She's a, she's a lawyer, and she got a job with their legal department um, in... Late 2000, I guess we lived in Little Rock for 10 years. Yeah, we moved We moved to Rogers, Arkansas, up in the northwest corner of the state by yeah, Fayetteville. Yeah. Yeah. We moved up there when I was uh, in fourth grade. And um, so I guess technically I'm from Little Rock, but I kind of claim Rogers as my hometown because that's where, that's where I grew up and, and just kind of, just I, I love it there. I, I really loved growing up there. I think it was a great place to... To be brought up, but yeah, it's a really nice part of the country. Oh, I love it. It's, it's kind so, of like so much to do, undiscovered. Just, yeah, you know, to the rest of the country. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it that way too. Like it's still, you know, when when we moved there, um, there was we we had we knew that the area was already kind of booming, mm-hmm. um, but there was there was still a whole. It was funny because you would see like. Uh, you know, really nice kind of shopping areas, mm-hmm. and then you would drive, you know, two minutes, and all of a sudden you'd be in the middle of, of you know, some farmer's property with with cattle grazing and stuff. So it was just like you had, you know, brand new development next to you know, rural, you know, Americana. And it was very cool, <laughs> and it's still that some of that is still. Um, hanging around but it seems like bit by bit it's kind of it's kind of you know growing and the the four there's four big cities up there Fayetteville Springdale Bentonville and Rogers and they're slowly just kind of becoming one big uh, metropolitan area I guess that's probably makes it sound a little more urban than it is <laughs> but but they're sure yeah they're slowly growing together but I still I love it great 
great hometown feel for sure. Would you say that there's, um, well, I, I'm curious, how do you think that shaped you growing up in that, that place? I think uh, a lot of, um, there's a lot of ample opportunity for, um, for outdoor recreation, like really nearby. And um, that's always kind of been my outlet is just anything, you know, hunting, fishing, camping, uh, snowboarding, wakeboarding, any, anything outdoors um, has just kind of been where I felt most, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's a cliche phrase to say I felt alive, <laughs> but it just, you know, I felt, I felt connected um, to God when I'm outside and just just kind of existing um, and there's a lot of you know there's a bunch of just beautiful um, Ozark streams nearby that my brother and I grew up fishing in and kayaking uh, is uh, Richland Creek Richland Creek yeah yeah I know about I've Richland I've there a couple times yeah it's a, it's a kayaking hot spot yeah. when there's when there's enough water it's some, some great white water kayaking my family is actually from a little bitty town. My grandpa grew up fishing Richland Creek when he was like little bitty. We, we've heard legends about it all our lives. That's hilarious. But yeah, Newton County, Arkansas. This world is so small. Yeah, it really is. So would you say, this is going to be a dumb question, but do you feel alive in this place where we are now? Definitely. Can you describe Definitely. where we are? Yeah, well, we're in... Right now we're in Puerto Rafti, Greece. <laughs> Don't you uh, just love saying that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I really do. Like, uh, it just amazes me how how ideal of a location this is for for a program like Hug. Um, I think I think it definitely. For one thing, I think it's safer than being located in, in like downtown Athens. For one thing, from yeah, a security definitely. standpoint, I think it's it's fantastic. Um, we're close to the water. the The seafront is is beautiful here. Clear blue water, nice beaches. I've never seen that color of water. Yeah. Anywhere else in the world. Yeah, it's like an inky blue almost. Like when you step back and look at it, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, and we just got back from, from our tour of northern Greece and just climbing climbing Mount Olympus. This was, um, you know, we do, it, we do it in the fall semester and in the summer semester. And uh, I've been, been lucky enough to do it three times now. And every time we do that, it's just a great, you know, it's a challenging climb and it's, it's very rugged terrain. And, and um, it just kind of, in some ways, I kind of feel connected to home when I'm doing that more. Just being, it, it, it's kind of weird that it would look, that it would look like Arkansas way over here. But in some ways, it does, especially, you know, towards the, towards the bottom of the mountain in the, in the woods. Yeah, there's some similar trees. I feel yeah, like hardwoods and stuff yeah. and pines. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Rocky terrain, clear streams. Very cool, very cool. So I should say this is uh, an overseas program through 
our university that we both went to, yeah. Harding University in uh-huh. Greece, and I'm returning here 13 years after having attended, and you attended in 2013, right, right. and uh, managed to find your way back sooner than I did, <laughs> and I'm so jealous. And now you're working in this program, yeah. can you talk about what that's like, just watching kids come and have these experiences? Well, it's, I mean, I cannot imagine a more, um, like, there, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing with my time right now, you know, right out of school, um, and just having the opportunity to, to, even if it's a small role, just to play a role in delivering the same experience, um, that I had when I was a student. Uh, I can't imagine a more worthwhile endeavor to be doing right out of school uh, than what I'm doing right now. You know, I miss I miss home all the time. Um, I hope I was able to effectively convey that I, I really, really love where I'm from. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> but uh, I just think that, you know, sometimes God calls us other directions. Um, and I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be right now, you know, helping helping the hug program operate however I can. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to be here, and I'm I feel blessed to be here. And I just have to, you know, there there are aspects of the job that are more uh, quote unquote work, mm. I guess. But but most of it is just, I mean, it feels like a dream, like get you know, getting getting a paycheck to to lead a group of students up Mount Olympus. I mean, who, who gets to do that in their early 20s? <laughs> it, re- it really is. A, it's a dream come true. Um, I love it. Do you aspire to be a director of a program like this someday? Or what? Uh, I saw you reading some, I think, business material. Yeah, uh, yeah. studying business. I'm working, I'm working on my MBA right now online. Oh, that's uh, perfect to combine those things. It, it really is, because a lot of the... You know, I, I keep on running into to points where, um, you know, job duties that I have here intersect with class discussion that we're having online and stuff like that. And, um, and you know, I love I love the quality of the education I got from Harding and the 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 fact that it was faith based learning. And um, I'm just uh, thankful for the opportunity to continue on um, at the graduate level with Harding at online and um, yeah that's that's been great just started it this semester and it's yeah. going only one class at a time one one class isn't too much but I think two probably would be yeah, yeah. yeah. just going <laughs> one at a time and taking it slow <laughs> so my my podcast is about examining how travel changes people's lives, and I've yeah. done that just randomly, you know, asking people as they're traveling to reflect on it. <clears throat> but Harding does this program specifically, you know, Harding believes in, you know, the impact that this kind of thing has as part of an education. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk about that? Like, what exactly is it that, that happens here that is so... Worth and I, I always heard that Harding loses money on these programs. Maybe they've fixed that by now. I yeah. don't know, but they really I, invest I don't in. Know. That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> when, 
I don't know, a decade ago, that's what they, yeah. maybe they just told us that, I don't know, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of cool. I yeah. Know. I mean, so they obviously really believe in, yeah. in doing this, you know? Yeah. Um, why? What, what have you seen? I remember, um, when I was one of the, one of the, my closest friends from high school, probably my closest friend, um, at some point when we were both back home in Rogers together at a break, he, he ended up going to college in, in Washington, D.C., and of course I was at Harding. And um, this might have been the Christmas break before I came over here and studied, so this would have been Christmas break, you know, end of 2012, beginning of 2013. And um, and he was, he was getting ready to go study abroad in India, I believe. And he was talking about um, one of his professors at American U had said that it's a simple statement, but I think very profound, and there's a lot of truth in it. He said that um, everyone should should travel to places they're unfamiliar with because it makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, that's not, you know, by no means am I suggesting that that you know. Somebody who has grown up in a, a small farm town and, and never left that town their whole life, are they are they any any you know has that hindered them in any way? No, probably not. But would they be a better version of themselves if they uh, had the opportunity to, to do something like this? I think absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're all about here. Is is um, you know, we I I am continually impressed by the quality of students that we get here at Hug, and uh, I've been incredibly blessed by the students that uh, we've had here since I started. I hope I've been a blessing to them in some small way. And can, can you share some stories of uh, you know things that have happened? Yeah, that you've seen. Uh, the spring semester of this year, um, I led a guys' devo. We had a bigger group. Um, I had, I think we had 12 or 13 guys, something like that. A um, little, little more than normal. And so I thought it'd be, it'd be a great opportunity to do like a, a small group type thing with just guys. And I'd picked, I had emailed some of my professors. Uh, from when I was at Harding, just asking for a, a book suggestion that we could kind of read together over the course of the semester. Um, and we landed on, uh, it was a book called uh, After You Believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the subtitle was Why Christian Character Matters. It was by N.T. Wright. And it was actually the book, I guess the, the Harding Bible faculty all reads a book um, every summer. Mm-hmm. And this was the book that they read. Uh, the summer before, Andrew Baker recommended it. Who Andrew Baker was the faculty when I was a student here, so we were very close, and uh, I consider him one of my mentors. He's a great man. Um, but we ended up. I think we stuck with that for maybe. We tried to meet every week. We probably stuck with that book for two or three weeks. It provided some good discussion, but as you know, you've done this when you're over here. Um, you know. 
the emphasis is on getting out there and doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're doing enough reading for class, so you don't have any reading on top of that. So we and but it worked out great because honestly, I think some of our best devotionals were um, we just kind of went off the cuff and and talked about uh, you know what are what are we chewing on as we as we see the stuff we're seeing and experience what we're experiencing and. Um, I remember one of the one of the one of my favorite times that we met. We talked about um, how this program gets you up close and personal with with Islam. Yeah, yeah. And um, how maybe you know I'm sure there were guys in the room that had never never seen a Muslim face to face. Yeah. Um, and so we, we you, talked for probably about in Egypt or this Turkey was or? yeah this was right after we got back from Cyprus okay and yeah. Cyprus has has a, a big Muslim population and um, and then of course we went to Israel you know several weeks later yeah and um, and uh, Alan Dials was in, he was a visiting faculty that semester uh, Coach Beeson my boss and director. Uh, he sat in on that one too, and then we actually had um, uh, one of our students' parents were visiting us at that time, and her her dad sat in as well. So it was great to have some, um, you know, some more mature input for that for that discussion as well. But we just had a great um, back and forth about you know how how to minister to those people and um, especially right now with the with the refugee situation which you're you know dealing with at a at a intimate level um, how does that affect things and and um, yes yeah. what about for you was this program the first time that you came into contact with Islam I I guess it probably was, yeah. Can you put like a a face on that encounter? Uh, yeah, what I remember. that like for you? I remember really wrestling with. Um, I guess it was after we got back from Egypt, just seeing um, faces, Muslim Muslim faces of, of you know boys that were around twenty. Yeah. Um, which I guess I turned. I, my 20th birthday happened while I was here, and I was just thinking, you know, how much of how much of our faith is a matter of circumstance? And I started chewing on, you know, who's to say? What if I had been born into a an Egyptian family? I mean, my my parent, my parent, I inherited my faith from my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of that fact. I don't think that's anything to apologize for, mm -hmm. but. If I had been born in Egypt, would I be a devout Muslim right now? You know, you just kind of, just just riding on the bus, you know, through through Cairo, seeing all these faces. You're know, like, how, you know, why am I not like them? You know, and it's, uh, I think. And in a nutshell, I think that's that's a lot of what uh, what we're about here at Hug too is just just creating those experiences for kids to start. Mm -hmm. 
you know, asking themselves questions like that and chewing on that. And, um, yeah, on the one hand, hug brings you face to face with like uh, Philippi, for example, yeah. where yeah. Paul, you know, went and yeah. you can sit, you know, you can be right there and you can yeah. feel it. You yeah. can, or in my experience, the the seven churches of Asia, yeah. and Turkey, which, which I didn't get to it's do. That. Maybe it's maybe a more obscure part of the Bible, you know, that yeah. uh, you know it would be. It would be really hard to connect with, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but then you go to Sardis, for example, and it mentions the stars falling like figs, and there's figs everywhere on the ground. You yeah, know? I remember we just were throwing figs at each other yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> secretly during the devotional, you know, <laughs> behind the scenes. But now I can never read that the same way again, yeah. you know. So it's on the one hand, color. It, it is. It yeah. makes you really. I don't know. It just it changes your reading. Yeah. But yeah. but then on the other hand, so so on the one hand it brings you closer to your faith, mm-hmm. but on the other hand this place is such a mix, such a meeting point mm-hmm. of cultures, you know. Mm-hmm. And you look at Greek history, you know, and it's it really puts some pressure on you. It makes you think harder about yeah. faith and identity and all these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have do do students confide in you? That they have those kinds of experiences, you you must hear that a lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I I try to. I think that's that's a big part of of this role that that I have here is is being a you know it's by design this position is supposed to be somebody that's recently graduated. It's supposed to be somebody closer in age to the students, so hopefully they feel um, like they can connect with that person and I'm supposed to kind of be a liaison between the students and and Coach Beast and the director. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I've I've been fortunate a few times to to have students kind of open up to me and and you know just have some some deeper conversations about faith and questions similar to the one that I just mentioned about Mm -hmm. um, Islam and it's been, yeah, it's, it's been a huge blessing to me. It really has. Are you documenting your experiences here? Are you keeping a journal or a I did podcast I, or a blog or something? I'm not. I, I journaled when I was a student, mm-hmm. and I... I mean, I, you have to. It's an assignment, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we kept our moleskin, but then I also kept the personal journal just to kind of, a, you know, mm-hmm. what I was thinking as we were going through the semester and um, I really feel like I should pick that back up because it helped writing writing things down helps you you process it as you write you know not only do you have a written record of what you felt but also I think when you pen to paper you your thoughts become clearer definitely yeah I need to pick that back up (laughs) All right, so uh, what's your favorite, I, I think you already told me this, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit. What's your favorite uh, destination or experience in this program? Oh, the, that we do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll ask you the broader question next. Okay. What's your best okay. travel story? But, but in the program, um, what have you loved or what... 
Do you have any good stories about things that happened to you along the way? We go to, um, on the northern Greece trip, which we just returned from, we go to um, it's a small small chapel dedicated to, to Lydia of uh, Thyatira, or Thyatira, as it looks in the Bible. And, um, you know, it's the, it's the spot where the, the catchphrase is always according to tradition. <laughs> so it's, it's the spot where, according to tradition, uh, Paul baptized Lydia uh, outside of Philippi. And I don't know what it is about that spot, but I always, I always just feel, I'm always moved there. And we sing, we sing in that small church. It's a, it's a beautiful little uh, Greek Orthodox chapel, and the acoustics are incredible. And we always spend time singing there. And I don't. After this was my, this was my fourth time to go there since I started working here. Fifth, I guess, in, including when I was a student. I don't think I've gone there and and not gotten choked up like while we were seeing it. Just something about that place. And it's all this time it was it was how great thou art, but every other time it's been uh, it is well with my soul. I just can't I can't make it through the third verse of that song without without getting choked up. But um, something about that place. When I was when I was a student. Um, Harrison and Haley Waldron, which I don't know if you've heard about them there. He was in, he was a, they were both in my hug group. And um, they got married uh, shortly after we got back to the U.S. And he was in a uh, ATV accident. Um, the summer after we all graduated from Harding and uh, was in a coma for a while. The doctors thought he wasn't going to make it. And um, he's, he's currently, um, he has severe brain damage. He, he can't, you know, really move on his own. Um, but I always, for some reason, I always, I'm always reminded of them at uh, St. Lydia's Church, and have this—he was a—he was a goofball. He was—he was always making everybody laugh. I have a real vivid memory of him. Um, I don't know if you remember that spot, but you remember how there's like the main creek, mm-hmm. and they've kind of diverted part of it to go, and there's like a little place where they can baptize people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people throw coins in the river right there. <laughs> and Harrison had like rolled up his pants and he had hopped down in the creek and was like taking coins out of the water. <laughs> Very typical fears. I'm always, uh, for some reason, I always think of them there, and uh, it just kind of, kind of overwhelms me. <laughs> but in in Greece, that's probably my favorite favorite place we go. Mm-hmm. I, there there are other places that have more, um, you know, like. 
concrete archaeological proof that this is where something happened. For example, like the um, the Bema in Corinth, like we can say with almost absolute certainty that Paul stood, like at this point, you know, within a ten foot radius, he was here. And the Church of Lydia is not like that, you know, like we probably happened somewhere around here that there was a body of water that was definitely in this valley, but it's almost certain that the river has changed course multiple times in the, in the last 2,000 years. Um, but uh, it's just a powerful place. It's powerful. And there's a, there's a whole conversation there about whether or not you know, how, how important is it to know exactly where something happened mm-hmm. in the Bible? And I think that's a big, um, a big thought process that students go through when they come here because we go to, we'll go to Israel and, you know, every place where, where, you know, where, you know, there's like several traditional locations of Mount Golgotha. Mm. Where was Jesus actually crucified? Nobody knows the exact spot, but there's, you know, Church of the Holy Sepulchre, this massive cathedral built on top of, of probably the most, what most people think is where Jesus was crucified. And that's so typical of every place over there. There's always, you know, a big church or, or some sort of development on top of where something happened. And most students go through, um, you know, maybe at first they're like, oh, that's a beautiful church. And they're like, well, this kind of makes me angry. Like I, you know, why wasn't this money used for something else? You know, more, that would be more immediately beneficial, you know, to (laughs) hurting people. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to, to help hurting people, not to hurt people. <laughs> or, uh, you know, so, some might think that. Some might think, wow, this, you know, what a what an incredibly reverent way to express, you know, our our love for God. And then, you know, after a while, you're just like, it doesn't really matter where it happened. It matters that I believe that it happened and that, you know, Christ is more alive within the heart of a Christian than he is in any, you know, physical place on the planet. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing to remember. Yeah. I can't even remember what the original question was. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've kind of come to think of... Uh, you know, Jesus's act as a form of travel, you know, yeah. metaphorically, like mm-hmm. the ultimate, you know, he left his own culture and went to a completely alien culture yeah. and yeah, yeah. suffered the worst consequences yeah. that could happen in going to another culture, being rejected yeah. completely and yeah. killed in a new culture. That's mm-hmm. every traveler's fear, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he understands you know, uh, the danger of travel, but at the same time, you know, travel can be a real gift to another culture, you know, it's, yeah, it's really, 
vulnerable thing that you do. Yeah. So, so my last question is just, what's your best travel story? It doesn't have to be here. <laughs> Could be in Fayetteville or, or Rogers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. when I was a student and we went on the you know the two week free travel after the semester was over mm-hmm. it was just me and, and three guys so it was a lot of stories yeah it was just guys it was just four of us so it was it was just a perfect storm for a hilarious trip how many countries did you go to or where uh, do you remember still what places you went yeah this guy I think it's probably out of order but we started Started in Paris, and then we took a night train to Munich, and um, Paris, Munich, Prague, Vienna, um, Budapest, uh, Interlaken, Rome. Already, my, my feet are hurting, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just remembering a lot, a lot That's of a lot to back in, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I, I did not ship home like near enough. I, I brought so much with me that I didn't need, which was a good lesson. And Brussels, and of course, by the time we were getting to the end of our trip, we were just so exhausted we would get to the hostel and like take a nap, and then. <laughs> And then go do something. <laughs> but when we were in Interlochen, we uh, one of the guys in our group, he's like, guys, I brought a tent. You know, let's just save money one night. We'll go camp, and uh, won't have to spend money on a hostel, and we'll be roughing it. It'll be fun. I'm like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Of course, all, all we knew was he had a tent. No, no description of the tent. Didn't know the size or the, you know quality and so we start hiking up this trail um, up from Lauterbrunn in Switzerland a little town short short train ride away from Interlaken and we're going up to this village called Murin which is there's a cable car up up in the Alps to this village and it's supposed to be just real quaint and you know picturesque real I think they're famous for like their their cheeses uh, like they don't, I don't think they allow motor vehicles up there. It's, it's supposed to be a really cool place. So we decided we were going to hike up. We weren't going to take the cable car. But it was a really, it was a long hike. And we got too late of a start and didn't make it to the village. So we just decided, hey, we're going to, you know, we got a tent. We're going to camp on the side of the mountain. It's going to be great. We actually, I mean, it was a beautiful campsite. Just, I mean, the, the overlook. And the valley below and the Alps on the other side of the valley didn't even, I mean, it's one of those sites you take in, you're like, this doesn't even look real, you know? Like, it just takes your breath away. And so uh, we throw all our stuff down. We're like, all right, Jerry, get the tent out. And he gets the tent out. <laughs> it's like a, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like a Walmart, like, <laughs> Nothing against like the camping gear Walmart, but it's like a it's like a junior, it's a kid's tent. It's like maybe 
maybe four feet by six feet. I mean, it's tiny. <laughs> and not even that. I bet it wasn't even that big. But we, we get it set up, and I, I had brought like a, like a Thermarest sleeping pad and a sleeping pad and a nice sleeping bag. I was, which I only used like a couple nights, but it was worth it that night. And me and another guy had a hammock, so he was gonna he was gonna string his hammock up and sleep in his sleeping bag all night there. I was gonna sleep in the tent with these two other guys, <laughs> and they didn't they didn't they were just on the ground. They didn't have <laughs> and it was just it was there was not enough room in there. It was it was way too tight, and uh, they ended up like. Just you know, kind of crashing by the fire, trying to stay warm. I got a decent night's sleep because once they got out, I was able to like sleep diagonal. And right, right. I had enough room, and so they're out by the fire, you know, trying to get some sleep. Fourth guy's in the hammock, and the fire starts like blowing embers into his hammock. So it's just it's not burning him, but it's like burning little pinholes through his hammock and into his nice down sleeping bag. Oh man. So he wakes up in the morning, and uh, the famous line was, he just wakes up and he goes, I am dangerously cold. <laughs> and he was, he was, I mean, it was, it was frigid up there. This was mid-April, and we were, I mean, we were up decently high now. It, it was, we, we, it took us like four hours to get to where we camped, and we like, when we were hiking down, somehow one of us started kind of jogging. And the other three started jogging, and before we knew it, we were just like, you know, just jogging all the way down the mountain, and we made it down in like, uh, way, way, a fraction of the time that we made it up. <laughs> but that was just, that was such a weird, it's funny how the best stories come from like the least comfortable experiences. I mean, that was, that was like miserable while it was happening, but it was, it's a great story. Did you go then? To the, did you make it to the village? We never made it. You just to turned, the around, and yeah, we just turned around and went back down. Turned around I think we decided maybe it was farther than we thought it was or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> That's we great. We decided we would abandon our original plan. Um, and then my my roommate while I was at Harding for two years, probably the uh, buddy I got closest to in school. He he did Huff the same semester I did Hug, but we didn't. Uh, we were good friends at that time, but we hadn't lived together yet, and we were we were going to try to meet up and travel. It just ended up not working out. But he came over um, earlier this year in the gap between the spring and summer semesters. Mm-hmm. So there there was a you know I had a few weeks off, and um, he he hadn't started work yet back home after graduating, so he had some free time. And he came over, and we we kind of hit a bunch of places that we hadn't hadn't made it to when we were over here as students. And it was, a, I mean, it was the trip of a lifetime. It was so cool. Um, we saw. He he introduced me to this Irish folk band that he discovered when he was a student, and they went to Ireland. And as luck would have it, they were performing in a little town outside of Dublin. So we went and saw them perform live. And we had to be, we had to be the youngest people there by by like 20 years. I mean, and we were we were loving it. It was so cool. 
<laughs> band called the High Kings. You know, look them up. I will. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. And um, went dog sledding in Norway, which was so cool. And fly fishing in Slovenia. That was probably the coolest, my favorite part of that trip. It was, Slovenia was one of those places that I didn't, I had no preconceived notions about this place at all. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what the, you know, what the people were like. And um, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful country um, with some great, great trout fishing. You know, we, we had a we had a really special day there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like funny stories from that trip. <laughs> the place we stayed in, we did Airbnb like most of the time everywhere we went. And he found a really good deal at a place in Slovenia, but it was just it was a one room apartment and our hosts were like in there with us and so it's this guy and his girlfriend and then my buddy and I all in the same room sleeping in the same room <laughs> and there were two there were two bunk beds well one one like top bunk above it was lofted and there was a desk underneath it and that's where like the couple did their homework and stuff they were college students and the other one was a true bunk bed, but the bottom bunk was like a full-size bed. Mm-hmm. And so my buddy slept in the in the loft bed above the desk. I was in the top bunk of this other bed with our host <laughs> and his girlfriend underneath us. And uh, we were so embarrassed because this was this was towards the end of our trip. And the socks we had on, we had been oh, wearing man. for a few days, and we took our shoes off, of course, when we got in because they were gross. But our feet just stank <laughs> up that place so fast. I mean, it 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 was uncomfortable for me, and it was my own feet. <laughs> I knew they had to be terrified. <laughs> and then the next morning, uh, I guess we stayed there two nights. The second morning, I got up and I was gonna like I was trying to climb down the the ladder front ways and my shirt hooked on the top of the ladder and I just like went to jump off from the third rung and it just ripped the hole in my shirt right in front of everybody. I still have that shirt. That was funny. Well, thank you so much yeah, for yeah. sharing so many stories. You I bet. Appreciate you it. bet. It's fantastic. It's been an honor. It's been an honor. <laughs> Nearly every week on this podcast, we advertise for Kiva.org. Not because they pay us, this is a nonprofit project, but because we believe in their work. With Kiva, you can loan capital to a small business that might struggle to find it otherwise. We're talking about amounts like $25, which you get back, by the way, this is a loan, that go toward helping someone in, say, Egypt? let's say someone named Mohammed, who wants to buy cattle to increase his family's production of milk, cheese, and butter. I'm clicking right now. There, it's done. He's 26, around the same age as Silas, married, has a son and daughter. You can learn more and lend too on kiva.org. That's K-I-V-A. 
and there's a link on our webpage to go directly to Muhammad's story. It's only one of the myriad ways you can knit the world closer together. Thank you to Silas, thank you to Dana Boulay for her music, and thank you for listening. <laughs>